I was thinking about doing some gambling myself. You know, just a little bit of money. Maybe doubling it and doubling it several more times. I don't know. Kind of just for fun. I was thinking, do you have any tips or ideas about sure things? Welcome in, everybody. We're back here on By the Hook. Colby Powell and Andrew Gilman with you as we are getting into the golden era of sports scheduling as we're just about to have the overlap between the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball is going on, we're going to have the NFL and college football starting up soon, we've got the Tour Championship this weekend, U.S. Open in a couple weeks. Andrew, we had to endure a few months without sports, but we're now being rewarded with it uh, for it with a couple of Game 7s, the Tour Championship this week, college football getting underway next week, as well as the NFL. It is uh, There's a lot, 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 lot going on right now. You're missing one major element, by the way. What did I miss? We are, we are right now, uh, as of Tuesday at uh, 4.30, recording right when the Celtics uh, wraps are getting ready to tip off, but right before the greatest basketball player to ever have played the game, apparently, is Jamal Murray. And we're, we're, wit- we're witnessing that right now. Have, has anyone ever played the game better than him? Uh, he is like if somebody took Michael Jordan, combined right. him with Kobe Bryant and LeBron James and Steph Curry and Damian Lillard and Reggie Miller and Ray Allen, all dialed up into one player, but only for yep. this last week. It's been pretty fun. It's been pretty damn fun to watch, though, hasn't it? Yes, it has. And tonight, game seven, uh, by the yep. way, I threw 20 on Denver tonight just to make the game a little more fun to watch. It's a pick yep. tonight for a game seven how often do you see That's a game great. seven pick them? That's about as good as it gets. Well, this series has been good because Utah had a couple big wins. Uh, there's a couple close games in there, too. I'm going Jazz tonight mostly because I, I haven't looked at the total numbers, but I'm guessing that there's some recency bias because Denver's won the past two. They're a little bit hotter. I think the public will be on Denver, and that's what pulled the line down a little bit because the Jazz were uh, a little bit of a favorite. So I'm going to go Utah to bounce back. I sort of like the over 217 more than the actual play, but I would take, I'll would i take Utah to pick them. Yeah, I do like the over 217 as well. I'm showing it 217 and a half now, so basically the same yep. thing, minus 110 yep. Yep. Uh, on each side of that. So I don't know. I just think Denver kind of has it rolling right now. Also, yep. I really want the Clippers to lose in the next round, and I think Denver gives them much more problems than Utah gives them. So I'm I'm rooting pretty heavily for Denver tonight. Like I said, I'm not going crazy on betting this game tonight. I just threw 20 on it because it's game seven. Do I really want to watch a game seven and not have any little bit of coin on the line? I don't think I want to live well, in a world like that. Well, of course you don't, but if there was ever a time not to bet a game, it's game seven because it's a game seven, so you don't need coin on the line. If you're talking about game one and it's Magic versus, you know, Raptors, well, that's when you throw some money on it to get yourself some interest. Game seven, your interest should be there. I don't know what your problem is, but I don't have a problem with the $20, but I think you're looking at it backwards. Yeah, even more interest now, though. More interest. You got to well, have financial. You got to have skin in the game. If I don't have skin in the game, it's it's tough for me. Yeah. 
well, you might just have to go play pickleball or something like that. Which yeah, would fair be enough. A, a giant waste of everyone's time, right? Yeah, fair enough. Speaking of uh, game sevens, by the way, last night uh, Chris Paul did his thing and Russell Westbrook did his thing, which has led us to a game seven tomorrow night between the Thunder and the Rockets, and that is not a game seven pick 'em. The Rockets are five and a half point favorites in that one. This series has been pretty odd. It, it kind of seems like Houston has the ability to just get out and run away from Oklahoma City. And they yep. just kind of refused to do it for whatever reason, aside from game five. So how do you feel about game seven going in? It was game six, maybe the best game that Russell Westbrook has played for the Thunder in the playoffs in years. Uh, it's been a long time since Russell Westbrook has been as valuable to the Thunder as he was last night. Well, and, and the stuff, I mean, Spencer Rattler uh, being named quarterback and Russ throwing a ball away in the final seconds of a playoff game. Those are non-crystal ball needed situations that you know is going to happen. And uh, to me, the Westbrook turnover was, you know, when we did radio all those years covering and talking about Russ and the Thunder, that was the stuff we were talking about. And as good as he is, he can – your team is better when Russell Westbrook is on the floor, but not in every situation. And maybe that ball should have been handled by James Harden at the end or someone – Definitely should have been. That, that's someone that's looking to pass, not looking to shoot, and might pass. And that's Russell Westbrook's M.O. is He's looking to shoot, and he might pass. Chris Paul's M.O. is, what's the best option out there? And there's a nuanced difference between the mentality of those two guys. And Chris Paul is not as good a player as Russell Westbrook. But damned if I don't want him bringing the ball up the court in the final seconds of my playoff game. Yeah, I thought last night the most Russell Westbrook thing ever was having 13 seconds to operate with and catching the yep. inbounds pass and full sprinting to the free throw line at the other end. I I, I just totally didn't understand why his hair was on fire with 13 seconds left in the game. I mean, they, he took it 60 feet and threw it out of bounds, and there was still like yeah. 8.4 seconds left. I, I don't know what he yeah. was doing going so fast, but I love it because now we get game seven. Well, we do get game seven, and, the, and, and you know, not to pick on Russ here, we should talk about the lines. At five and a half, um, I think that's a good number. I'd probably favor the Rockets again. I, I, would, I took Rockets first half uh, last night. That was a payoff, and I did not bet the second half, but the first half What was the first was half line? Uh, two and a half, three, somewhere in there. Wow. Um, did you, did you yeah. were watching the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Gordon and hits that crazy me, shot. Yeah, to me – um, Houston, like you said, is good enough to get out and run away from the Thunder, but you know their shooting variance is so significant when they're on, they're beating everybody. But they miss so many shots because they take so many shots, and Russell Westbrook playing like that at the end of the game is sort of a microcosm of what Houston's offense is. There's nobody in basketball, and I, I probably would testify to this, that can stay in front of Russell Westbrook. And it's been that way for a better part of a decade. He's faster than everyone when he wants to be. Is he going to make the right decision? And is the right decision to take Houston and give the five and a half? I'd probably, I'd probably lean over, uh, although those possessions sort of late in the game uh, seem to tense up. The shots are harder to find. But you know Houston's going to jack up 43s again. So uh, you can get to that over in a hurry if they make 20 of them.
Yeah, I actually think I would lean on the Thunder side of this for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think all the pressure is on Houston. If if they trade for Russell Westbrook and then get bounced by the team they got him from last summer, yeah. I, I think that that is just a terrible, terrible look for Houston. They had all these expectations coming in. So I think all the pressure is on Houston. I also think that we've seen James Harden and Russell Westbrook both in the playoffs come up their absolute smallest when the moment is the absolute biggest. So no doubt about it. It, it just, I would be so nervous. Houston's the better team, but I would still be more nervous to put my money on that side because until I see James Harden and Russell Westbrook do it in a closeout game with all the pressure on them, I don't know if I can believe that they're going to. So I think I'm actually leaning Oklahoma City plus the five and a half tomorrow. Maybe I I stay away from the money line, but I I feel like Houston, although they're capable of running away from Oklahoma City, I don't think that that team has the mental makeup to run away from Oklahoma City in a game seven. There's nothing that you say I disagree with. However, you omitted, it's not a lie, but you omitted a, a significant part of that. You said, James Harden and Russell Westbrook have come up small in big moments. It's not like we're talking about uh, they're playing Kobe or LeBron. Chris Paul hasn't exactly come up big in big moments either. He has not had a lot of playoff success. He's been on better teams that have fallen short. I think he has, what, a couple series wins, and and one of them might have been with the Hornets when he had Tyson Chandler. It's not like they've gotten deep in the playoffs under Chris Paul. He's never made a Western Finals. No, you're right. You do you're right. No, you do trust him. He's the guy that's going to be in there holding the ball in the last minute of the game. And if there's ever a time to think that Chris Paul would come up big, it's got to be this season on this team, which has been the most clutch team in all of the NBA. They've been great in the last three minutes of game. Chris Paul has scored more points than anyone in the league. And the Thunder, I think, going into the bubble, hadn't they covered more than any other team in the league as well? Yes, before the restart, yeah. Before the bubble, that's exactly right. I have a hard time betting the Thunder because I feel like I'm betting my heart on that one because I want to see Chris Paul have a moment over Russell Westbrook uh, for a number of different reasons. But I, I think I'm just going to bet a total on this. I think I, I think that number is, is too good, and uh, I could see Houston winning by three or four. Uh, and I would hate to be betting one side or the other and have this be a three-point game with a minute to go. I just, I, I just wouldn't be able to deal with it. Fair enough. That's Andrew Gilman. I'm Colby Powell. Find us on Twitter at Andrew Gilman, okay, at Colby J. Powell. Let's flip the script here. Let's talk a little college football getting underway next week. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, two-to-one Heisman odds. Love it or hate it? Love it. If you're going to give me two-to-one, uh, basically I'm betting on him not getting hurt. There's less players for him to deal with. Uh, he's going to be in New York if they make it through what are, however many games they're playing. What, 10 or 11 games? 10, yeah. He's going to be in New York. He doesn't have to win a playoff game to win a Heisman. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. Spencer Rattler, 9-1. to Name starting quarterback at OU today. Was, a, I'm sure, a really tight battle between he and Mordecai. But uh, he just yep. eked it out to become the starter. So glad we finally got that news. We can stop worrying about that like we have been all summer. 9-1, to second best Heisman odds in the country. Um. I think that's a good number for Spencer Rattler. I would dabble on that as well because if you think OU is going to have success this year, if they're going to make a college football playoff, then it's because of Spencer Rattler. It's not going to be because of a backup quarterback. It's not going to be because of their defense. It's not going to be because you know they have some sort of newfound running game where they've just handed it off. Um, Jalen Hurts, remember, got to New York, and it wasn't because of the middle of the season where – 
he couldn't stop turning the ball over. They changed the offense because they didn't trust Jalen Hurts, and he still got to New York. They're not going to do that again. I don't see them doing that again. I don't think they have the personnel to do that again. I would put it. I would. I would definitely bet on Spencer Rattler getting to New York, which puts me in the money. Uh, yes, nine to one. I like those odds, but right. I would. I, I would double on Trevor Lawrence. But if you're going to give me two to one on him, yes. Let me uh, let me give you two more, and then we'll move on to some individual over under some some team win totals. Sam Ellinger at fourteen to one, and Chuba Hubbard at twenty to one. Any love for either of those? I, you know as better as as well as I do, Colby. It's not about the stats. It's not about uh, anything but your team winning games. If you think OSU is going to win nine of their ten games in conference, uh, well, I guess it would be eight of nine in conference, and then their other uh, game against Tulsa. Yes, bet Chuba Hubbard. If you think that Sam Ellinger and Texas are going to go eight and one in the Big Ten in the in the Big Twelve, excuse me, then yes, bet Sam Ellinger. But there's no reason to think that OSU is not going to lose to two teams that they shouldn't, and there's certainly no reason to think that Texas is going to beat the three teams that they should. It just hasn't worked that way. And until it happens, you're betting team totals. You're not betting individuals when it comes to the Heisman. Tell me where I'm wrong and what you disagree with. No, the only the only point that I would add is Chuba Hubbard at twenty to one. He he's not as at as much of a disadvantage as he was a year ago. Whenever he came in, kind of as more of an unknown nationally. He's much more known nationally now, especially after the stuff this offseason uh, with he and Mike Gundy. But still, helmet logo plays into all these things. These are human beings who yep. vote on this. Helmet logo matters. Yep. Oklahoma State doesn't have it, so it. I mean, that's why they have to win. That's why they have to basically sweep. Yeah, I don't think nine would be enough. I, I think for Chuba to win the Heisman, Oklahoma State would have to go 10-0, and and he'd have to match his numbers from last year. I, I don't think it's quite that high, but I do think that they'd have to go 8-2. and two. I think yeah, they'd have I to win think, 8 of them. I don't think 8-2 and two gives Chuba a chance to win the Heisman. Well, so let's just sort of uh, extrapolate from that and try to figure out where Oklahoma State comes in at uh, Big 12, looking at over eight is their number, basically. I'm, I'm showing right now. I'm on Bavada, and I'm showing seven, but it's juice minus one twenty-five on the over. Okay, so somewhere between seven and eight. If it's eight, give me the under. If it's seven, give me the over. I think eight's the number. Yeah, I think so too. I don't. The, the thing is, barring injury, I don't see Oklahoma State going six and four. So I think if you can get it at seven, and you know a push gets you your money back, you're pretty safe even at minus one twenty-five. Because I don't, I don't think six and four is really in play unless things go really, really wrong for Oklahoma State. So uh, yeah, I've got, I've got them at seven. Remember, 10, 10 game season this year, so it's yep. a little bit different. The the numbers might play yep. tricks on you. What about OU? OU, I've got minus one fifteen on the over and under eight and a half for Oklahoma. You think nine and one, ten and zero, or could this be an eight and two season for OU? Um. If I had to bet one or the other, I would be more willing to bet Oklahoma State than Oklahoma. Both of these OU loses a game. What I would say every year that they shouldn't lose. Yes. Uh, last year it was Kansas State, right? And then the year before that it was Iowa State. Uh, was it Iowa State two years before that? I can't remember. But they they tend to lose a game that they shouldn't. Oklahoma State tends to lose two of them that they shouldn't. Um, boy, they're not going to lose their game against Missouri State. And that counts. Are they going to lose to Texas and OSU is basically what you're counting on. They're not losing to Kansas State again. They're not going to lose to Iowa State, no matter who's the quarterback in either of those situations. You're betting on OU basically to lose to both Texas and Iowa and Texas and Oklahoma State. Give me the over. Give me the over on OU at eight and a half. 
Yeah, Vegas also has Texas with a higher win total uh, than Oklahoma State. Texas, I'm showing at 7.5 with the over and the under, both at minus 115. And then whenever I look at the Big 12, the odds to win the conference, I've got the top three, OU minus 120, Texas plus 175, and then there's a significant dip before we get to Oklahoma State at plus 650. Do you think that's purely helmet logo and trying to get you know money on, on some of the lower schools, not just the, the big names? Or do you really think that Vegas thinks that Texas is that much better than Oklahoma State? Oh, I think that Texas generates, and you, you could probably Google up Texas football right now and see three to five to ten stories on uh, undervalued uh, sleeper team. Uh, this is the season. I mean, they have a pretty good corner on that market of, of being the best team in August, you know. Um, and, and then something happens, something happens along the way. And I think it's a, I think it's a Tom Herman issue, not a Sam Ellinger issue, because I'm a, I'm an Ellinger fan. I think he's a gamer. I think you want him on whatever team, uh, is your favorite team and he wins games for you. I think Tom Herman gets them charged up in situations that that can't be duplicated. They're playing Clemson or OU. Yeah, they show up. Uh, they're, they're playing Ohio state. They're showing up. The problem is, they'll lose to a Texas Tech. Or when Tom Herman was at Houston, they'll lose to a Navy or somebody that they shouldn't. And I think it's because he puts too much emotion into this stuff, and it just cannot be replicated game after game. So if there's a, if there's a spot to bet a Texas under, I'd probably take it. Yeah, the good news for Texas is they don't have Maryland on the schedule this year, so they don't have to worry about getting beat right out of the gate. Uh, 0-2 against Maryland the last season. 0-2 right? against Maryland. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Uh, Alabama yep. or Georgia? you got to go minus 105 on Bama, plus 250 on Georgia to win the SEC. Oh, is that even enough? I mean, is that even enough to even mess with? Is it worth your time to mess with that? Probably not. I mean, plus plus 150 for Alabama? Uh, minus well, 105. Minus 105 minus for one. Alabama, plus 250 for Georgia. Now, I would stay away from both of those. You don't get enough value out of Alabama to win a conference, and you don't certainly get enough of a underdog feel for Georgia to get any real money out of that, but there's no one else that can win that league. So, yeah. I wouldn't uh, think. I mean, what, who's the next? Uh, next is Florida, plus 550. I would, I would, I like that better. And, and in fact, I would consider Florida as somewhere between 10 and 12, 15 to 1 uh, to make a college football playoff, I, I would dabble in that because I think if they beat Georgia, uh, they could get to a playoff, uh, especially this season, Colby, with no Big Ten. That's yeah. an extra spot for somebody. That's an extra spot or two for the SEC. Well, by the way, uh, with allegedly no Big Ten. Kind of seems like they can't right. make up their minds. I saw that. That's a good point. But if they start playing in October, I don't know how they can cram all those games in. Uh, twice a week. <laughs> They're not doing that. Twice a week. I would play on to... Tuesdays and Saturdays. You know what? Give me more football. I'm all for it. Let's just run these kids smooth into the ground. Don't I mean, worry about anything, but give me my money. Give me my money. I want to bet Ohio State and Michigan on a Thursday afternoon. Give it to me. I'd love that. Yeah. I mean, is it fall 2020 when college football is going to start pretending like it cares about the athletes? Well, that's a great point. I mean, they've pretended a long, long time, but. Uh, you know, suddenly now we can, we don't have to worry about these guys going to class. Uh, remember it was around final time that they needed this break, but they're not going to really worry about that right now. now are they? 
Yeah, not too much. So, uh, all right, let's change gears one more time before we get out of here on a Tuesday. The Tour Championship is this weekend and actually into next week. It's a Friday through Monday. Labor Day finished at the Tour Championship. Weird format. DJ starts at 10 under, Rom at 9, JT at 7, works its way all the way down to guys like Victor Hovland at even par. Only 30 guys in the field, but there's two different ways that you can bet this, Andrew. You can bet who's going to win the Tour Championship, which is just based on the final leaderboard, uh, and then you take it from the scores going in, or you can bet the 72-hole stroke play winner, so you can bet just who you think is going to shoot the lowest score for four rounds, regardless of where they finish on the leaderboard. Which of those two do you think would be easier to to predict and find some value what what do you think is a better bet the who's going to win the tournament or who's going to shoot the lowest score for four rounds question before i do this um when i'm when i'm watching this golf over the weekend and through monday are they going to have concurrent scores up there winning the tour championship and also this tournament is it going to be easy to find or is it going to be very confusing because confusing it's it's super confusing and i understand it I can't imagine what it would be like for the uh, the golf fan that tunes in for the majors and then might catch a round on Saturday or Sunday on this deal. Yeah, it's, it's going to be super confusing. confusing. Yeah, they're, yeah. N- they're not going to make it easy to follow. If you bet on who's going to have the lowest 72-hole score, then you're going you're not to have to, to – you're going to have to pull up the leaderboard and you're going to have to look right. and you're going to have to say, okay, Hovland is at 11 and he started at even, so that's 11 right. under for him for the week. Let me see. DeChambeau right. is you're at 13 and math. he started at four, so he's at nine under for the week. It, it's not going to be simple. Yeah, you're going to have to do a lot of math is what you're saying. Yes. Okay, so outright to win the FedEx, Tour championship, Dustin Johnson, I'm showing, is at plus 150. He's got a short lead going into the deal, right? Uh, yes, he's at 10 it, under, two-shot lead over Rom. Well, give me give me uh, Morikawa, who I think starts four shots back, right? Is he at minus six? He's at minus five. By the way, the winner five. last year came from minus five. It was Rory. Last year, Rory started at minus five and won it by four shots. Give me Morikawa at 20 to one, who starts five strokes back of DJ. I think there's great value there. Of course, in this tournament, there's 30 names, and most everyone's going to recognize about 27 of them. I mean, I've got names. You, you give me yours, and I'll tell you uh, where I agree. I've got four guys that I'm betting this week, and one of them is Morikawa. Oh, I would go Morikawa one, and I like Daniel Berger at somewhere between 26 and 28. I'm showing him at 28. I don't, I don't like Matsuyama, who's right in that neighborhood also. I don't trust his putter enough. Matsuyama man, is one of my four. I think he's streaky, and I think he's kind of getting hot. Okay, and my last one that I would bet if I'm betting three of them, so I would go Morikawa one, Berger two, and give me my long shot essentially at fifty to one is Tony Finau because I he's sort of like you and Tiger. Damn if I don't bet this guy every week and he comes up just short. He played okay last week at this Olympia Field when the course was chewing all these guys up. He was right there at the end. I think he finished minus one uh, at fifty to one. Uh, and how many strokes does he start back? Seven or so. Uh, eight. I think he's, he's two under. Yeah, I think he's good enough to get hot. He's one of those guys that can make a bunch of birds. I like him. Yeah, I. Uh, by the way, I did have 20 on John Rahm last week, so I was very Don't happy to see him make the 66-footer in the playoff because I did not have anything yeah. on Dustin Johnson. Uh, my four this week, I'm looking for guys that I think can go low. So Morikawa, obviously great ball striker. DeChambeau, it's a total 
shot in the dark. If he hits it straight, he's going to be able to go low. Can he do that? You just never know. But at 22 to 1, I'll take my chances. And then Xander Shoffley has in three appearances here, he's got a first, a second, and a seventh. So give me Xander Shoffley at 25 to 1. And then I told you my other one was Hideki. He, you know, he's the opposite of Bryson. You know he's going to strike it well. It's just a matter of whether he can get it in the hole. And whenever he does, he has the capability to go low like he did when he won at Firestone several years back with a 61 on Sunday. So those are my four that I like. Uh, The only guy I'm heavy fading this week, and it could come back and bite me, but I am heavy fading Rory this week because I don't know if you've seen all the stories or not, but he's just waiting on a phone call to withdraw from the tournament to go be with his wife for the uh, birth of their first child. Okay. Nobody mentioned Dustin Johnson at all between you or me. And and frankly, you know, John Rahm is not getting a lot of love either. I mean, dude, where's the value? Yeah, you're right. There's not enough in it. The question I was going to have for you with this thing is, do you bet someone, do you think someone that's going to win this tournament, four rounds of this tournament, but not necessarily win the the FedEx Cup, um, do you think someone gets hot and doesn't win sort of both of those? Because my guess is if someone gets really hot, they're going to win both the four-round deal and the, the whole thing. Yeah, so that is where I actually like your Tony Finau because Tony Finau yep. starts eight back. So I think if I was going to bet Finau, you don't get nearly as good of odds, obviously, because you're, you're playing straight up instead of eight shots back. Sure. But 18 to one on Finau to have the lowest four-hole total, the lowest four-round yep. total, what does Finau yep. struggle with? He struggles when he looks up on Sunday and he sees his name on a leaderboard with five other guys. Great point. Well, if he's four back right. on Sunday with you know five holes left, it, he's got nothing to worry about. He's not going to be stressed out. So if I was going to bet somebody for the seventy-two hole portion, I think it'd probably be Finau. I think that's a I think that's a big play. I think that's a smart play. Also, if you can get him at eighteen to one to win the thing, you're probably right. Just like he did last week at Olympia Fields, he he looks up. He's too many. He's three, four, five strokes back, but it gets hot toward the end. Finishes minus one, and what finishes. T4, what, tied for third or fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was, he, he finished strong, and he's the guy that can get on a serious birdie streak, too. So. Yeah. It would I, be, don't, it, I don't trust his putter enough. By the way, it would be so Tony Finau to finally win without winning. Yeah. Of course, remember, you know, when Tiger won a couple years ago, everyone was cheering Tiger, and then off to the corner was Justin Rose like, I just want a million dollars here. Uh, you know, what about me? And and, 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 and now it's, it's so weird because that that shouldn't happen again. No one's going to be cheering the guy that wins the four-round total here. So you're not going to have two winners. Uh, yeah, no, you're not going to have two winners. you got one winner. They've kind of simplified it. It's weird, but once you get used to it, I actually kind of think I like it. It makes it fun for the I think it's a good week. format. Yeah. You can't have two guys walking off the 72nd hole As both winners. holding the trophy. Yeah. Both holding the trophy. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, doesn't work. It'd be like if we played the Super Bowl uh, last year and the Chiefs, you know, they got the main trophy and then right. the 49ers got like some sort of consolation trophy because they won something else throughout the season. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. So well, I'm with you. Soccer soccer has a lot of that because there's concurrent tournaments, but those are separate tournaments. Yeah, that's different. This is, this is not the same thing. Yeah, different deal. So, all right. So you, uh, you're thinking the Rockets win game seven? Um. I've become a Thunder fan in the last two weeks, Colby. I've never really been a Thunder fan before, you know, working at the radio station and the, and, and the newspaper. I wasn't really afforded the ability to do that. I'm a huge Chris Paul fan. And to see what he's done this season um, with this team that wasn't supposed to do anything is 
is pretty remarkable. I'm cheering for the Thunder, but I think the Rockets are going to win this thing. Yeah, I uh, I echo that sentiment about being a Thunder fan now, whereas I wasn't before. Yeah. I uh, you know some people totally disagree. I thought Russell Westbrook. Uh, I, th- I thought he was borderline unwatchable uh, and kind of a yep. jerk while he was here, so it really turned me off to the Thunder. Yep. But this yep. this version of the Thunder is just a ton of fun. Just a ton yep. of fun. So maybe yep. it's the expectations. The expectations were lower, so it feels like they've exceeded as opposed to the opposite the past couple of years. But I don't know. I, I really think Game 7 could go either way. Um, what the hell? Give me the Thunder just – just because it's game seven and I'd rather see Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis Alexander play the Lakers than James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Oh, no doubt about that. Absolutely. So. I'm with you there. All right. Good stuff. Have a good week. We'll, uh, we'll get together next week and we'll either be talking more Thunder basketball or we'll be diving full on headlong into football, NFL and it's NFL. NCAA getting going next week. That's right. Next a week from Thursday, NFL. So what we got nine days away. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. Good stuff. Talk to you next week, Andrew. Okay, sounds good. All right, that's Andrew Gilman. I'm Colby Powell. Thanks for listening. We're back next week with more by the hook.